0: Hello and welcome to the Millennial Minimalist Podcast. I am your host, Kelly Foss, and together with my co-host, Lauren Morley, our mission is to help you simplify your life and live with greater intention. Together, let's live more with less. Hi, everyone. Today, Lauren and I share our minimalist lifestyle habits and habit-focused tips from one of our favorite books, in the New York Times bestseller, Atomic Habits by James Clear. This episode is a reshare of one of our most popular episodes to date and the last of our Best Of series this month, and that means that we have new episodes again starting in two weeks. And this episode just so happens to be the perfect lead-in to many of our discussions this fall. In this conversation, Lauren and I share a few of our minimalist lifestyle habits And systems that have helped us keep on track, as well as some of the areas in our lives that we're each working to improve on. We discuss everything from how we keep up with the physical clutter in our homes to the daily activities and systems we each carry out each day to manage our mental clutter, and how we are working to use our technologies more mindfully and more. Plus, we cover some of our favorite key takeaways from James Clear's Atomic Habits to help you incorporate healthy habits into your existing routines and break bad ones. Be inspired to embrace this imperfectly perfect lifestyle and start developing the habits you need to maintain this simple and intentional way of life. How's living at your boyfriend's house?
1: It's good. It's a bit of a transition, but I mean, it's going to happen. So (laughs) otherwise we've been getting along really well and everything's been amazing. It's just hard. um, Yeah. Having more stuff around me. (laughs)
0: We'll I mean, definitely just, get into that. But of course, for those who don't know, Lauren just moved in for a couple of weeks with her boyfriend just to see how it is. She calls it a trial, which made me laugh so hard.
1: Yeah, I was like, of course, I'm going to be nice during the trial period. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and, uh, yeah, yeah. So she's currently recording from her boyfriend's place. And there's a few knickknacks behind her, which is super unusual for Lauren. I'm like, where are these coming from? She's like, nope, I have a plan to to manage this right after our call.
1: Yeah, they won't be there for long.
0: Exactly. No,
1: I was just saying to Kelly, we get a lot of our listeners write in and say, you know, how do you manage it when you live with someone else? Or what if your partner's on a minimalist or your family? So these are definitely things we're going to be touching on in the future now that I'm sharing a space with someone. And I was telling Kelly I've always had my own bedroom. Like even when I was uh, my parents and undergrad with roommates, I always had my own bedroom and I don't even have that anymore. So everything's shared and it's it's a big transition for me, especially leaving my little minimalist apartment, but it's good. I, I mean, we all have to move on at one point in life. So I'll definitely be touching on in the future, like living with someone else, especially when you're a minimalist.
0: Oh no, absolutely. And especially if you're living with someone who's kind of clutter blind and appreciates some clutter, but hopefully you will have your own space within your shared space one day, like a little office for yourself, you know, your own little sanctuary where you can keep everything organized and clean and so that you can focus every day. So, but I'm excited for you guys. This is awesome. A n- yeah, new step no, in your life.
1: It definitely is.
0: So, We were recently asked by a fellow podcaster about our minimalist habits. And Lauren and I had so much to share that we thought we would dedicate a one on one discussion to this. And as we've said on the podcast many times before, living a minimalist lifestyle requires maintenance. We don't just declutter and organize our things once and then we're done. But the good news is that in the process of removing the excess from our lives, we will learn to adopt the habits we need to maintain this simple and intentional lifestyle. Adopting positive habits is also key to helping us stay motivated. I like to say that carrying out minimalist habits every day helps us better prioritize the things that matter most to us. And so to start things off today, I thought we would share our own minimalist habits when it comes to managing all areas of excess and then go into some of our insights from one of our favorite books called Atomic Habits by James Clear, which I'm sure a lot of you have heard of. Plus, we will share some areas we still need to work on because this lifestyle is imperfect.
1: For sure. Now I'm excited to go over our habits.
0: Yeah, no, this is great. I'm excited to hear yours. First of all, I'm going to go into more of my physical everyday habits that keep my space very clean. And I want to let our our listeners know, keep in mind that Lauren and I are both in places where we have already really removed most of the physical excess in our lives. And we only really have what we use and love. And so keeping that in mind, one thing I realized that I do every day to keep up with this lifestyle is I clean as I go. So I am always on top of, you know, if I'm cooking, I will clean as I'm cooking and then I will clean up my dishes after I'm done. And of course, while I'm working at, from home during the day, which is a luxury, I'll sweep the floors while I'm taking a break or on a little call or, you know, just taking a couple minutes here and there during the day to clean up after yourself, like goes a long, long way. I recently interviewed Gretchen Rubin and she talked about the one minute rule. She basically says that if you can do a task in one minute, then do it right away so that it doesn't pile up over time. And I thought that was super, super good advice. And Every day, I feel like I am also being more mindful of what is coming in and out of my house. So when I'm out in the world, like you, Lauren, when it comes to samples... I stay away from samples. I used to get so excited. Oh, especially little perfume samples and things like that. i am like, oh yeah, I'm so excited. Then you find that that perfume sample ends up under your sink forever and you never even use it. And so things like that, I try to stay away from. And when it comes to picking up things from my front desk, like picking up mail or a package, I try to sort through my mail right away. And if I have this bigger package, I try to recycle it right away as well, just to keep my place clean and, and clear. And my my place is, you know, it's a small one bedroom. So anything that you add to it, you'll notice. So I try to be more mindful of everything coming out. And I know if you have a larger space, like things can just sit there for a while. You know, they don't really make a big impact, but over time things can pile up. The next thing I thought about, next habit is I only really keep out certain things in my house that I use. So like you always say, Lauren, use every space in your home for its purpose, like have everything in each space, like in the living room. If if you don't watch TV, don't have a TV in, in the room. It doesn't make any sense. Like, Be intentional with each space. So with my kitchen, one thing I do every morning is I drink water and I drink coffee. And so I have my coffee maker out and that's it nothing else is on on the on the kitchen counter which is great and my living room something i do have right now is i do have a tv and i'm realizing i don't use it often so that's something i'm realizing i need to sell and even in my bathroom my bathroom sink. I don't keep anything on there except for my toothbrush and toothpaste, which really I technically don't need to keep up there. I could just put it under my sink as well. I know you do that, Lauren, you just have your soap and you have like a little plant and that's it, which keeps it very, very minimal, especially considering we only have one bathroom in our places and you know, you have guests coming in and out. You don't want all your stuff piled up all over your bathroom sink. So And then I think the last like main thing that's really, really helped me is going out in the world and shopping with intention. So I used to get super overwhelmed going to my favorite stores and I no longer feel overwhelmed because I know what I own, especially in my closet. I know what clothes I own and I know what I need. And then once I do need an item and I'm trying on, for example, if it's a clothing item, I make sure that it's 100% a yes. Because if it's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. If it's on 100%, then I just say no. It needs to fit like a glove. It needs to feel like, yes, that I'm meant to buy this. And I know that makes you feel like you're very particular. But I think it really, really helps because sometimes we buy things and then and then we're like, oh, it doesn't fit right. And then we don't end up actually wearing it for that long. And then the last thing is... Something that I, I, a habit I've always had is always buying black and white because it's classic Lauren and I, we love our black and white clothes, but now I really want to start wearing more color. I think I've said that before and I do need to buy a few more summer clothes. So I plan on buying more colorful clothes when I do. So yeah.
1: No, those are great habits. When you're talking about your kitchen counter, the first thing I did when I moved in with Mike on Sunday was clear everything off his kitchen counter and just put my Nespresso maker and some flowers. And he was like, wow, this looks amazing.
0: (laughs) That's so cute. I love that.
1: He's very receptive to the lifestyle, which is good. It's going to make it a lot easier as well. I think like the beauty of a home is the home. Like it's the kitchen is like the beauty of the kitchen, not everything you have out on the counters. It almost can take away from it. So keeping it super simple. I mean, my systems or my habits. I, it's just one thing. I do it every day and it's 15 minutes of either cleaning or decluttering and it can keep your place so nice. Obviously you can't be constantly bringing new stuff in but once you've mastered not, Buying stuff anymore and you just take 15 minutes a day, it can make a huge impact. Even just living here for the past week, I've implemented that system and the place looks pretty good already. Just clearing off tables and scrubbing the shower and washing the floors. And you know it takes no time every day and you can keep your place up really nicely. Some people like to take a couple hours and do it on a weekend to do a big clean or they outsource it which is fine. I just find that sometimes it's very easy to be like, okay, I'm going to do this for 15 minutes as opposed to be like, okay, I, I need to do this for two hours and it can hard to be hard to get that motivation. So just keeping it consistent and short every day can make a huge impact. That's a couple hours a week. That's like 10 hours a month. It's a lot over a year of the difference you can make. And then obviously, you know, Kelly and I have done a number of episodes on our closet. I just have outfits I wear on rotation. I have meals I make on rotation. A huge habit of mine is if I'm going to buy a new product, I have to finish the product I have. So whether that's makeup, skincare products, shampoo, anything, I have to finish what I have, and then I can try something new. And I don't buy doubles obviously Kelly and I live in a big city. It's very convenient for us to just walk across the street and grab dish soap. If we need it, if you live in the suburbs or somewhere where it's not as convenient, maybe it is to your benefit to buy an extra, but not having doubles, especially in a condo can free up a lot more space. And I guess those are my biggest things for my physical habits. I would say Mm -hmm. just keeping that daily routine We're going to talk about James Clear at the end of this, and he has a lot to say. He even talks about like cleaning your room and stuff, but he has a lot of great advice, which you're going to touch on.
0: I love that you touched on how cleaning two hours, for example, on the weekend, like that can feel overwhelming instead of doing that, take five, 10 minutes every morning during the week and it will add up. Right, so you only have an hour left on the weekend, right? And it's just, it's just that self motivation, like motivating yourself to do that. And I see the same way with things like taxes. Like, I'm like, oh, I have to dedicate a whole day to do that. It's like, no, like take 15 minutes every morning to do X. I think a lot of us, we all have the same number of minutes in, in a day, right? And I just sometimes I think, oh, well, I guess I could have inserted 10 minutes in the morning. Like, like we doubt ourselves. Oh, we don't have time. But I could. I think a lot of us could, not all of us, but I think a lot of us could make that time. Now, something I wanted to add is you talked to also about being mindful of overbuying things, right? Like if you're, if you don't always need to buy bulk, I mean, of course, if you don't live in the city and you don't have access to all those things all the time, it's a little bit more difficult. But I mean, like sometimes we buy in bulk and we don't use all the other items so we should be mindful of that on the flip side we should be also mindful of underbuying. and Gretchen Rubin also talks about this she says sometimes as minimalists we underbuy, and I find I do that sometimes I'll buy one product that lasts a week and I'll realize oh I should have bought a couple of them so I didn't have to go out and buy that x item again it's just more time right so be mindful of that something else and I, I know you do this Lauren as well like You do keep a grocery list to avoid overbuying items that, you know, will get spoiled. You won't end up eating. That being said, I have a grocery list, but I'm not super rigid when it comes to grocery shopping. I do love my snacks. So I like to try new things. So I think some people are very restrictive and I don't think you need to be that way. And then, the last thing I want to mention is that I, this year, <laughs> I usually do this. It's like I, I try to tell people, oh, I don't need any physical things like in terms of gifts, especially for my birthday this year. <laughs> I said, no birthday gifts, everyone, including yourself, Lauren. I was like, I just, just want to spend time together over tea. So we're going to catch up. Actually, we're we're do- finally doing that tomorrow. My birthday was quite a while ago, but uh, we're going to do that. And then uh, I tell people I love if you want to buy me things, I love things that have a shelf life like flowers so that they eventually go away <laughs> and it's not taking over my space. So,
1: yeah, Kelly's so cute. We're like little 90 year old women going for tea on our birthday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I I mean it's adorable but yeah I mean so when it comes to mental clutter something I want to bring up is that I keep a bullet journal and we've had episodes on this before you can just google bullet journal and you'll see all these interesting videos it's just a way uh, it's an analog system for keeping organized and It really helps me just bring clarity to all the work tasks and personal tasks that I have on my list. And just physically crossing off everything helps me feel super accomplished, which I love. And then I also put non-negotiable breaks in my calendar, in my work calendar and in my bullet journal so that I can get up and move and clear my head. Lauren, like honestly, I've realized recently working from home, sometimes I get in this state where I'm like kind of stuck in what I'm doing. And I'm thinking, oh, I I don't, I can't find the answers for what I'm looking for. And then I'll get up from my chair and I'll walk around, pace around my apartment and all the answers and all the ideas come to my mind. Like you just need to step away for a couple minutes. It will, it will come. So sometimes if you ever feel like you're a little overwhelmed, you don't have enough time, sometimes creating a couple minutes of space will help you rethink or bring you in a new state of mind. So I find that super helpful. Also for mental clutter, Laura and I, we always make time for some type of physical exercise in the morning. And so for me, I go for a walk or a run, or I play a sport, or I do a Barry's hip class. And Lauren, you love going for long walks and for also for mental exercise. I've recently integrated meditation into my lifestyle. I go at least two times a week. There's a meditation studio called Home in Toronto that I love. And of course, mental exercise is also mental fitness. So I try to challenge my mind as well every day by listening to audiobooks and podcasts. And something else I've been recently doing, which is a really good habit for me mentally, is just turning off my phone. That is the biggest thing for me. I've realized that my phone gives me so much anxiety. And so recently I've just communicated to my friends and they're not notifications. Like we've Lauren and I both turned off all of our notifications. I've just let my friends know that, you know, I'll be focusing for the next four hours. And just so that they know, like, I'm not going away. I'm not, uh, there's nothing wrong. I'm just focusing. And so, you know, I've communicated that to you. I've communicated to other people in my life. And I feel like I get my best work done. I love it. I love when you just get stuck in, everybody loves that when you, when you're doing something that you enjoy and you just get lost in it and just time flies by, that's the best. And turning off your phone is really helpful. Also I find that when whenever I get in my head and I have like negative self talk or anything I find that recently calling a friend has been really helpful like calling friends family members and I think everybody should have a therapist if they can it's it's amazing resource everybody deserves to have a fly on the wall and my last tip for managing mental clutter is having a night routine and a morning routine. So at night, something I do every night, is my, I always make sure my place is clean. Of course, I live on my own. It's easier. I always keep that in mind because, of course, if, if you have a family, it's a little bit more difficult to make sure everything in the house is clean before you go to bed. So I, I always try to put everything away. I usually have my outfit decided on and put out my brother does the same thing. It's adorable. I think it's so cute. Whenever I go home and he's got his whole outfit out, I put my fitness clothes out and I try not to look at my phone for 20 minutes before I sleep. And in the morning, I think I mentioned this. I've mentioned this before. First thing I do is I make my bed. It's the first accomplishment of the day. Then I make my coffee, shower, brush my teeth and get ready. And then I exercise before I start my work day, which has really given me mental clarity. Honestly, Lauren, It's night and day. If I ever go right into work without some physical workout in the morning, I just don't feel the same.
1: Yeah, no, 100% mental habits are so important to have. Um, That's so funny you said that because I always wake up and have a coffee and read. And now Mike wakes up earlier and makes his coffee and reads the news. And he's like, this is so much nicer to wake up this way because he would always just shower and go to work.
0: (laughs) Really? So he's adopted this habit of yours. That's so cute.
1: Well, it's because I brought my Nespresso machine and he just has to press a button to make a coffee. And he's like, I'm going to sit and enjoy this. But yeah, no, it, it makes a huge difference to like have that morning routine. Some people... Or, like, if you just wake up and hit the ground running, like it just it doesn't give you like a nice flow into your day. So I'm a huge fan of a morning routine. And yeah, just going into mental clutter, I want to talk about this interview I listened to. It's by Johan Hari. Oprah just interviewed him on Super Soul Conversations. Hopefully, Kelly and I can interview him one day. I highly recommend listening to the podcast. It's on focus. And he just talks about how distracted we are. And that... Those distractions can cause so much mental clutter because you're always switching gears and thinking about so much and checking so much. And I am not consistent with meditation. I've tried to be, I love the concept of it, but I just, it's not something I've been able to be consistent with on a daily basis. But one thing I have been doing is yoga. So like I'll go for a 30 minute walk and then I'll do 30 minutes of yoga, just even once a week. And he said, this is so great. If you integrate a slow practice into your day, like meditation or yoga, it increases your attention, not just while doing it, but it increases your attention for the rest of the day. So when you do something slow, like meditation or yoga, then you carry that over for the rest of your day. So I think a lot of people think, you know, I'll focus on my breath while I'm meditating, but it allows you to have greater focus for the rest of the day. So that was really interesting. So I just implemented yoga into my routine. And also another huge habit that I have in terms of mental clutter is I am intentional with my leisure time. So I think a lot of times people will get home from work and they're tired or they're on a break at work and they'll like scroll through Instagram or they'll just watch television or just do something mindless. Whereas I'm like, okay, I have this much time. I want to like read a book or write or, you know, you can watch one of your favorite shows, that's fine. But like knowing that you're taking time off to enjoy that hour or two of leisure time in your day, as opposed to just mindlessly doing other things that aren't aiding your mental health in any way. So that's one of the biggest habits I have too, is just kind of scheduling my time off and deciding what I want to use it for.
0: That's a really, really, really good point a lot of us, we take time to disconnect, but then we're still connecting (laughs) in some way. Oh yeah. I'm just going to lay on my couch, get away from work. And then you end up scrolling on your phone. Like, okay, that's not, that's not intentional.
1: And you're checking email or sorry, you're checking Instagram and then all of a sudden you're checking messages and then you're back on email and it's not really time away. Like you are still connected. So yeah, being, being intentional with that and making it a habit to be like, okay, I'm going to take 15 minutes. And like, what do I want to do in these 15 minutes? Or, okay, I'm done dinner. I'm not going to work anymore. What do I want to do?
0: Yeah. I like that you talked about being mindful in the moment because that's what this lifestyle is all about. It's just reminding you to be present and aware of what you're currently doing, but also giving you the awareness of what habits aren't serving you? And admittedly, this lifestyle, again, is imperfect. And there are some habits of mine that I haven't perfected yet that I do want to improve. And one of them is my sleeping patterns. Now, Lauren, I know you really, you're really successful when it comes to sleep. You go to sleep pretty early and you wake up at the same time every day. I am a night owl, but I do want to change this. I want to start getting up much earlier than I do. I, In the past, I used to wake up super early, and I, I do miss that routine, although I... I don't know. There's a few things. I just love staying up. I find all of my ideas come to me at the end of the day, but I know that I can change that and I can shift that to the morning if I want to. The next next thing I want to touch on is my digital clutter. That's an area I've definitely improved over the years, but it's an area I still need to work on. I think it's an area that builds up for the most of us, considering our phones are... Housing our photo albums now. And so we can end up taking 20 pictures when we only needed one. So it's important to take a minute or two to start decluttering them. And something I want to admit, Lauren, is like sometimes I, and we talked about social media and just being mindful of what you're looking at and you're scrolling and keeping in mind those people that you're following. Are they serving you? Are the products that they're sharing helpful to you? Things like that. So sometimes I find myself. Feeling in that comparison trap, I feel a little bit of envy. And I know a little bit of envy is a good thing because it can remind you of the things that maybe you don't have that you want. So it's not so much of a bad thing, but I think if from a financial perspective, of course, like I always see, oh, they're further than me, but that's okay. I, I need to continue to remind myself that we're all on our own journeys. And or not just financially, but like those who have babies and things like that. You know, I'm 35 and you kind of feel that pressure. So I, I try not to put that pressure on myself, but I do need to work on that mentally, because sometimes I can be hard on myself. And the last thing that I want to improve on is my smartphone use. I need to be smarter about how often I use my phone because I know that it makes me anxious. So I need to be better with that. I honestly will re-listen to my episode with Nir Ayal because, or just open up his book again, because he has such incredible tips.
1: Yeah. I have so many areas that I need to improve on. I loved your tips though. they were so good. Um, with your sleep. It, it, Kelly's so funny. She will literally be like, I got six hours and eight minutes of sleep last night. And I'm like, how do you know that? <laughs>
0: well, and, I, yeah. Cause yeah. I, well, I put my sleep mode uh, on every night on my phone. So, and I always fall asleep right away when I hit the bed. So it can tell me how long I've slept. I also have an Apple watch. So yeah, it tells you that stuff, but yeah, it's funny. Yeah.
1: Just because we're on this topic, I want to tell the listeners what happened today. This is Kelly and I's third try at doing this podcast of recording. The first time my mic wasn't set up. The second time we had to have a plumber come to fix our dishwasher. And so this is our third try. And it just goes to show you how many distractions there are throughout the day. So if, if there's ones that you can control, you should be controlling them because there are so many that are beyond your control and are mm-hmm. going to take away your focus. So this whole episode just reinforced what we're talking about today.
0: A hundred percent. And I, I also said when Lauren and I started recording again, I said, oh, like sometimes like you can be hard on yourself and say, oh, we we're going to record again. Or that was imperfect. But you got to realize like sometimes you do fall behind and unexpected things happen and don't get down on yourself. It's okay. You'll fix it. Things happen. And that's just life, you know?
1: For sure. I feel like areas I need to improve on working from home. I get really sidetracked. Like even today we're like trying to record and then I like did a 15 minutes Pilates and then I took a shower in the afternoon. Like I feel like off schedule and it's not mm-hmm. good. Like I feel, and then it kind of makes me anxious. Cause I'm like, what should I even be working on right now?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Or you feel like you're falling behind. Like I had a list of tasks that I need to get done by this time and I'm behind, but give yourself a break. Sometimes we can't be on schedule.
1: No, for sure. And it's, you look at the clock and the day's gone. So I definitely need more structure through my days, especially working from home. Um I like a gratitude journal would really help me because I feel like I compare myself a lot to other people and if I focus more on what I did have instead of what I didn't I think that would help my mental health more. And then I guess just goal habits like really taking time every day to work towards things that I want to do because it's so easy to get caught up in what's urgent instead of what's important. Mm-hmm. Uh, the minimalists talk a lot about that and they say when you're writing out what you should do usually what's urgent isn't important but what is important isn't urgent so just making sure i take time every day to like really focus on my writing and this podcast and things i i really want to pursue now and in the future And that's it. Those are probably the biggest things. I'm really excited to talk about James clear here because he has so many points that are so relevant to this.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's, he's incredible. And before we do, I just wanted to add something. So Lauren, you, one thing that I've learned that you've really improved in terms of habits is I remember when you first started dating your boyfriend, you found, Oh my goodness, I don't have as much time in the day or the week. And you have definitely created more balance. You definitely make time for your family, your friends, your boyfriend, your self-care, your work. You've been able to really, really balance your life. So congrats to you for that. I think, you know, just watching you as a friend, I've learned that. So
1: yeah, one thing I've learned, well, I guess from being in a relationship too, is that there's like little pockets of the day. Like I would be like, okay, I can sleep over his place and just wake up early and still work on my stuff. Like I don't have to not work on it just because I'm at home. Um, Even over the weekend, I was at my girlfriend's place and they were all getting ready and I was doing my ballet beautiful arm workout. And they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, you guys are taking forever. So I might as well get in an arm workout. That's adorable. (laughs) This is the only time I'm going to be able to do it. So definitely finding like pieces in the day where you can do things even, or if someone's like, Hey, can I call you back in 10 minutes, taking that 10 minutes and decluttering a drawer? Like, there you go. There's your 10 minutes for that day. So kind of using the little pockets of time that you would just like sit and scroll on your phone or do something. To like put in that little bit for the day makes a huge difference.
0: Yeah, you're really good at maximizing your time in a really good way. (laughs) Just
1: so I can maximize my leisure time now.
0: (laughs) I so the last thing I'm going to add here is that one of the things that you and I have really improved on is not having. FOMO. So FOMO being the fear of missing out. For many of you probably heard my interview with Patrick J. McGinnis, who coined the word FOMO. It's episode 92 titled Overcome FOMO and Fobo" with author Patrick J. McGinnis. And Fobo means fear of better options. But for right now, I just want to talk about FOMO. I used to always want to be at every event, you know, every gathering with friends. And if I miss it, I would just feel, Oh no, like I could have been there. And then this could have happened or could have went to this networking event and this could have led to this now. And I honestly, and I think it's because you and I feel more at peace with the work that we do each day. We don't have FOMO anymore. Cause we're like, Hey, we're on a trajectory. We know what our long-term goals are. We're working every day to get closer to that. So we don't have that feeling as much. And as I said before, sometimes like FOMO can be a good thing. Like the high- idea of like me seeing someone a little bit in a different stage in their life and me kind of wanting that sometimes shows me that, Hey, maybe that is something that you want soon. And so now you need to prioritize, you know, or make steps in order to get there in a few years. But I mean, Patrick, if you go back to the episode, he shares a few incredible tips. He says, if you ever do feel FOMO, the idea of like, Oh, missing that event or opportunity, ask if it is coming, that anxiety, of that feeling is coming from a positive place because sometimes we become concerned about missing an opportunity because we want to fit in or look a certain way. The opportunity should be about making you happy. You know, if you have FOBO or sorry, FOMO should be about, Oh, it's because that could have made me happy. I think a lot of us have FOMO because we think, Oh, everybody else is there. So I should be there. And Courtney Carver always says embrace JOMO the joy of missing out. And I would say that that's really what we've done. And and, and to conclude, Patrick did say something that was really, really wise in our interview. He said, think of yourself as an entrepreneur who is building a company, which is your life, that is made up of a bunch of product lines, which are the things that you want to be doing and the things that you love. So see your life like that. And again, everybody moves at a different pace. And I think I love to remind our listeners that so that they don't feel like they're falling behind because again, it's not a race.
1: Yes. Yeah, sometimes you're ahead of other people and sometimes you're behind them and like the power shifts really quickly. So you have to keep that in mind. Janine Roth, she's an author too. She talks about always wanting to go out and never wanting to miss events and stuff, but At the same time, if you're tired and you're not in a good mood or like a good mental space and you go to that event, you're probably not going to have that much fun anyways. So there's something to be said about staying home and resting. I feel like I had a lot more FOMO when I was single. I was always like, what if this is the night? Like I meet the guy and I stayed at home. (laughs) (laughs) But now I'm like, whatever. I already have a boyfriend. So I'm just going to stay at home and read.
0: so funny <laughs> like oh my goodness i didn't go to that one dinner because i could have led to meeting this guy and then yeah 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 You're you so- never know
1: but no that's almost definitely gone now
0: <laughs> okay so we're gonna now go into atomic habits by james clear it's called atomic habits an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones so i'm just gonna share a little bit of the scope It really is a book about how to build better habits for a lifetime. And this lifestyle is all about building positive habits so that you can maintain a simple and intentional life. So it's very aligned with what we do. And James says, quote, success is the product of daily habits. It's not a once in a lifetime transformation. And he defines atomic habits as tiny changes we can make to build better habits. So he talks about how to incorporate healthy habits into our daily routines. And he shares a really good tip, which he calls the two minute rule. He says in two minutes, if you can do it in two minutes. Every day consecutively for a few weeks, you will build, be able to build that habit in. So, for example, if you want to go back to the gym, but you find it's like really hard to find the motivation, even just physically going and driving to the gym and driving back—I know that sounds crazy, but that's just the first step. Or lossing your teeth—you know, it's only going to take another two minutes. So that's another way. Again, there's all, all uh, also habit stacking, so you're already brushing your teeth. So just. Add a couple minutes to that existing habit to make it easier for you to keep this habit. And he also talks about how to eliminate bad habits. So <laughs> he starts off by talking about sleep uh, and, and he gives some tips on how to improve your sleep. So, you know, even from little things about make sure your mattress is comfortable, you know, get some blackout blinds. Love blackout blinds. I highly recommend them for everyone. You know, eat, he gives tips on how to eat healthier, he gives financial tips. For example, and I love this one, I think a lot of us end up shopping online and we have our credit cards already auto-filling these checkouts. And that is so unhelpful because it's so easy to buy things. But if you eliminate that option, you'll have to physically grab your credit card and put in the numbers every time, which makes it more challenging for you to buy those items. So it'll help prevent impulse buying. Talks about how to improve productivity, your happiness. He suggests like, you know, exercise, mental fitness exercises. And he talks about relationships as well, finding time to give space for them. So he talks about bad habits, but what really stuck out for me is how he talks about the the biggest roadblock or barrier of change is identity conflict. So, and this relates to minimalism as well. A lot of people are like, oh, I have so much stuff. I don't even know where to start. Or like, I just, uh, honestly, I feel too overwhelmed. I don't even want to think about it. Or, oh, I'll never be able to get rid of all these things. So these are the things that we tell ourselves. And he says that when we tell ourselves these things, we give ourselves that identity. Like, I can't do that. So then you start thinking you can't, right? So he says that we need to connect our identity to the habits we want to change. So he says, we tell ourselves stories like I'm not a morning person. I'm always late. I'm bad with directions. And we continually repeat these stories and then we don't fix the habit. So we need to set a new identity by saying, I am no longer someone who is messy. I am no longer someone who buys things without thinking about buying them beforehand. I am no longer someone who is going to continually be negative to myself. Like I'm going to better manage my negative self-talk, things like that. And so I thought that was really, really helpful because I think a lot of us do that. We're like, oh, well, I'm already this. It's just an example of fixed mindset. I really think so. He says, quote, your habits are how you embody your identity. The more you repeat a habit, the more it becomes associated with your identity. So if we repeat these positive habits, we'll become them.
1: No, I love that. His book's amazing. One of the things I loved about his book was him, how he talks about goals versus systems. So we all have goals. Like he used the example of the Olympics. Everyone's there to win. they all have the same goal to win, but winners and losers have the same goals. What differentiates them is their systems. And he actually used in the book as well, You know, he talks about cleaning up your room. Your goal is to clean your room, which then your room will be clean, but you have to have a system in place to keep your room clean and maintain it. This is why Kelly and I talk so much about shows where they go in and organize your stuff. But if people aren't left with like a system or a way to maintain it, their lifestyle isn't going to be able to keep up with that. So it's really important to like have your system in order. And that's why we want to talk about minimalist habits today,
0: AKA the home edit,
1: but you really do need to, you can't just declutter your house. Like you have to have systems in play every single day to keep it decluttered and you have to change your habits to maintain, you know, that clear and open space. And one thing he said And I quote, this is from his newsletter. If you haven't signed up for his newsletter, it's amazing. He sends it out every Thursday. And he said, motivation comes and goes. If you want to do something consistently, then don't pick a level of difficulty that requires great motivation. Make it easy and simple enough to do it even when you don't feel very motivated. So it's just, it's so true. Like there's, you think about cleaning and decluttering. Yeah, like you're not, I don't like wake up on a Saturday and be like, Oh, I can't wait to wash the floors today. I'm so excited about that. But if you make it so small that it like, if there's not much on your floors and they're already vacuums and you just have to bring out a mop and wash them, it takes 10 or 15 minutes. Then you're so much more likely to do it than if it's like such a daunting process. So that's why Kelly and I stress, like, keep it simple keep it consistent, keep it easy, something that you'll do on a daily basis. And like, it's that that like does wonders, like where you'll be in a week, where you are be in a month, like your place and your mental clutter and your physical clutter, your digital clutter, it does wonders if you're able to be consistent with it.
0: Definitely. And like, as we said before, you start somewhere, you start with physical clutter, then you start being inspired to manage your mental clutter a little bit better. And then your digital clutter and all the other areas. And you, through this process, build these positive habits. And over time, it's almost been four years for me. I've definitely built all these habits that I didn't have four years ago that are helping me maintain this lifestyle. And it becomes easy you know, it's not challenging. I, I would say it's very easy to keep up with the things coming out in and out of my home. Just managing the clutter and the excess in my life has definitely become easier. Again, I'd love to remind our listeners, we are living on our own. We're only one, one person, right? We're not managing other people. Uh, we don't have families yet. So it's a little bit easier for us. That being said, uh, I also wanted to mention something else He in his book. He talks about how we can make bad habits difficult. And I love that because he he says he says that the average person spends over 2 hours on social media. And he challenges us by saying, what could you do with over 600 hours a year? Doesn't that make you sad when you think about that the number of hours that are wasted by looking at social media? Although I think some of the things that we see on social media and we interact with are positive and But I would say it's not 600 hours worth.
1: (laughs) No, for sure. Yeah, when I get the updates on my phone for how much time I spend on it, I'm like, well, I read on my phone. So (laughs) I feel justified.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. And he also talks about, you know, the importance of spending time with people who have good habits to inspire you to be conscious and intentional. And that's what we do with each other, Lauren. I think we do definitely inspire each other. I think we also live such similar lifestyles that, at the end of the day, we, we kind of feel seen, you know, by having each other in our lives, we could be with a group of friends who maybe like a lot of stuff. And then we come back and we're like, Oh, so glad we don't have so much stuff. Or, you know, there's, there's moments where I think we can bounce off ideas with each other, especially if we're struggling with mental clutter and things like that. So, I mean, I've read his book twice now. I could read it a third time. I wish I could just take all the tips and put it on my wall. There's so many great tips in that book. And yeah, I highly recommend it if you haven't read it already. And you can also learn how to create a good habit and and break a bad habit by going to atomichabits.com slash cheat sheet super, super helpful. Definitely check out his website. We'll include all these links in the show notes. I'll also include links to all the past episodes I mentioned as well, but this was fun, Lauren. Thank you. I'm I'm glad we, we finished that. We got through this episode. We had so much fun doing it, but we got distracted twice. So (laughs)
1: Yeah. Third time's a charm.
0: (laughs) Third time's a charm. But, but yeah, this is fun. I mean, we'll have to do this again soon and, 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 and talk about maybe new habits that we've adopted and things that we've improved on over the next few months. So And you know what? We would also love to hear what you guys are doing to maintain this lifestyle. We'd love to learn about your everyday habits. And I'm definitely going to share a post on social because I would love to hear what you do on a daily basis to help, help maintain this simpler, more intentional life. So thank you guys again. And of course we will speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. We hope you took away some helpful ideas and feel more inspired to keep up with this lifestyle. And if you enjoyed this episode, please write to us by sending us a DM on Instagram or Facebook or share a story and tag us at Millennial Minimalists. After we recorded this episode, we asked you on Instagram what your daily minimalist habits are to help you keep on track. And I thought I would close off today by sharing a few with you. Some of your words included working out daily, making time for yoga and meditation every morning, keeping my closet and desk area clean, taking ongoing photos of products I want to purchase before buying them, reviewing what I own before I buy a new item, putting unwanted items in a donation bin rather than waiting for a big declutter, keeping a donation bin by my front door, tidying my apartment before I go to bed keeping track of my expenses each day to make sure I don't overspend and getting my inbox to zero each day, which is amazing. I would love to get there as well. Again, these are just a few of an overflow of great ideas. And thanks to all of you who took the time to engage with us. And we're excited to share that there will be new episodes this fall starting in two weeks. So thanks again for listening, everyone. And we will speak with you soon. Bye-bye.